Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout Podcast, presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York Giants. Our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the previous game, also look ahead. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Unfortunately, the Giants fall short in Philadelphia, 33-25 to to the Eagles, as Philly has now won 11 straight, including the playoffs against the Giants in the city of brotherly love. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. And we bring in a fourth edition, a special holiday edition here of the Giants Hangout Podcast and our returning champion, an individual that in the first time in the history of the program will make a second appearance, which means <laughs> that they survived the first go around with Howard Cross and still volunteered to come wow. back for another. So, Chris Cassinato from the Giants Insider newspaper and podcast. <laughs> if I had a trophy, Chris, I would hand it out to you right now because you have accomplished what no other individual has done in the history of, I would say, the Giants franchise, okay? Not just yes. this program, but it's good to see you. Glad to have you, you back on board. We're going to analyze three themes as we do each and every week. Third down defense, third down offense, as well as a quarterback change, and a whole lot more. And Howard, I want to start with the Giants' defense because they did have an opportunity at the very end of the game to potentially tie and force overtime, and we can't overlook that. But I see an Eagles offense that piled up 465 total yards, scored on seven of its 10 possessions, and was able to stay on the field on third down. Giants had problems, especially late, getting off the field. And the cumulative effect of that, I think, took a toll on this Giants defense. Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, I, I think more than anything else, they were trying to figure out ways to slow them down and stop them so that they were trying to, you know, keep those big, the bigger plays out. The thing that got them mostly is like a couple times they had them back behind the sticks with third and 15 or more, and one time even a third and 20, and they just couldn't find a way. They were playing sticks. That's when you play everybody back at the at the marker to, to for the first down, and they were just playing. They just weren't following receivers. They were letting guys come up to feel free, and then the ideal, if you're playing sticks, you'll have enough time to get to the quarterback. Jalen did a great job of like going from one sideline to the other, uh, getting out of tackles and stuff. If you if you didn't bring your legs, you weren't going to bring him down. And he he was doing doing what Jalen Jalen Hurts does. He he stayed kept it alive. Guys were standing on the sticks, and he just picked a guy that was open or had the most most room. He would throw it to him. And if you didn't, if you weren't right on top of him, the ball got right there quick. First downs. If they stopped them on those two first downs, it's, it, it's a different game. Yeah. Another thing that that stuck out to me and, you know, guys, we've spoken about this several, several times. There are times when our defense, the Giants defense looks good, but there are times I don't know what it is. I know how are you and I, we alluded to it earlier in the season, maybe, you know, even in training camp, they because of the, the rules and regulations and stipulations, you can't practice a, as much. But the tackling, once again, looked awful on, on so many occasions. I, I mean, I understand they got guys like Swift who are fast and, and hurts, but the tackling was just one, two, three, four. I mean, you can't allow the other team to be breaking that many tackles in a game. Well, yes and no, Ross. You have to also like take into account they have the best offensive line maybe in the game. So in, in a lot of cases, when we've seen the Giants do great tackling, it's two or three guys on, on the hit every time. They had some bad tackling, like in the secondary, I thought they were just like throwing their shoulders at guys yeah. a couple of times. But at the line of scrimmage, there were guys getting through at full speed because 
you couldn't get two or three guys to them. Like one guy would be free, and if that guy didn't wasn't perfectly positioned in the hole, the, there was going to be the guy was into the secondary already. So you gotta you gotta take your hat off to their offensive line, which is one of the better offensive lines in the league, and putting a lot of stress on the secondary for guys who they're great players. They they want to be good tacklers, but unless it's two or three guys there, it's kind of hard for them to get a lot of guys down. And Chris, I want to bring you into the dialogue. Russ, we'll come back to you in a second. I just want to piggyback off of what Howard just brought up because, Chris, to me, that was notable, the Eagles' offensive line on their yeah. last drive. It's a five-point game. Giants yep. are still very much in striking distance. You know the Eagles are going to run here. And they run the ball with DeAndre Swift for the first five plays. He picks up 48 yards. And yep. in the blink of an eye, they get into field goal range. That was a huge backbreaker, even though it was still a one-score game. Yeah, look, they went into their four-minute offense, and they were basically telling the Giants, we're going to run DeAndre at you. Good luck. Stop it. And they couldn't. And look, some of that, a lot of that was DeAndre. You know, he's just a really skilled back, you know, and he made a lot of those yards on his own. But they just imposed – look, the Eagles offensive line is right after the Cowboys, one of the best in the league. We know that, right? They just imposed their will on the Giants uh, at the end in that four-minute offense, and they just – Giants just couldn't stop it, you know, and just – to get back to what Howard was saying before the third and 20, you know, <clears throat> to use a boxing analogy, Lance, the Giants had them on the ropes. They had the Eagles on the ropes at that time. And Jalen came up big with that third and 20 to AJ over by the sticks. You know, um, that was one of the big parts of the game, man. And then at the end, like you said, they're just imposing their will. And DeAndre just did what DeAndre does. You know, he's a real good back. Let's not forget that. Yeah, there was some missed tackles that, to me, it was way too many missed tackles. And like Howard said, some guys in the secondary, once again, throwing their shoulders in there, not wrapping up, not driving to the ground. But give credit to them. Their offensive line is real good. Even, you know, even with Dickinson out, Opeta, Opeta jumps in there. And he's he's a solid guard too, man. It's amazing. They don't miss much. And credit to them and credit to DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I, Chris just used the expression – they don't wrap them up. That maybe that's what I was driving at with, with Howard. They just don't wrap them up. You get to them, wrap them up, put your arms around them, and they're breaking free. And, and there was so many plays. Like you talk about the third and twenty, uh, you think you got them. You got them right where you want them. You're going to be in good shape. They make a big play. How about the 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 um, when the ball was snapped over Hurts? Uh, they turn that into a first down. I mean, it, it was. Just plays where you thought you had them, as as Chris says, on the ropes. Not only on the ropes, maybe with one eye closed, and then bang. They don't only get out of the trouble; they sucker punch you and get a first down or a touchdown. It was that was very frustrating to watch. Yeah, it's just on that play, Howard. Just real quickly on that play, not only did Hurt salvage it, but he throws to a tight end that right, yeah one target or one reception the entire season. Alcatara, yeah, yeah. So don't we expect something like that at the link? It's like every year, right, fellas? Something is going to happen kind of different at the link when the Giants played him. It's amazing. And this year was that. Some wild plays they converted. It's just, it's just amazing. Every year we go into this building, something kind of different happens. Well, you know, I, I think, again, like we're talking about the tackling and, and like Jalen just kept plays a lot. And I don't think people realize how how important and strong this kid is. And when he gets able, if you're running around for your life, guys start to like come up to try to make the tackle. Like the more guys start rushing up to try to get him because like we got him, we got him, we got him. And one guy's just standing there, catches the ball. 
that's just part of the game that, you know, it's not it's luck. I told people, watch how these blitzes go and, and watch what happens. They would have him almost sacked on one side of the field. He'd spin out and run all the way across the field. That's a four-second, five-second play. You didn't get to him. Somebody's eventually going to get open, shake free. Dante, the, the Dante Swift, Swift one time gets to the line of scrimmage. They have him boxed in, but no one has their hand on him because the offensive line has everybody blocked up. He reverses field and starts across the field. When he comes out the other side, the guys are shocked that he's still running. And by the time they start trying to catch up to him, it's too late. He's 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 past him. He's got an angle. He's got extra blockers out in front of him. He has a convoy to the end zone. It, in games like this, when you're playing a better team, you got to have you, you got to have more guys rallying into the ball than you usually would. And every opportunity that you have, you got to you got to make it. And you can't have plays where oh that was almost there. Oh that was so close. You got to make every play, every ball that comes to you. You got to catch offensively and defensively. And like you know, hate to do it to you, Lance. Like I said, turnovers are luck because you see what happens when the ball hits guys in the hands over and over and over again. They don't always catch it. The one fumble they had, the guys ran into each other. Uh, they had a butt fumble. That's right. <laughs> right. No, no, they did. They had, yeah. they had a butt it was fumble. a butt fumble. Yes, sir. It was. Yeah, yeah. Boston and, Scott and, ran into Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus <laughs> ran into Boston Scott, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, like, you have Jackson, who never intercepts the ball, always knocks the ball down. He caught that ball like seven times before he caught it, and then he ran it down the field. So when I tell you turnovers and stuff like that, like our luck, now you got to see the proof of it. <laughs> well, how, how it's some some of definitely luck like that. Some of by design, though. I mean, like you, you know, there's some. Look at Bobby Okereke, Howard, right? I mean, he's got like four forced fumbles, and he punches that ball out. You know, teams like the Cowboys practice that. That's why they're always up there with turnovers. So no question, no question. Some of definitely by luck, and some. Some teams are just very good at it. Hey, look, the Giants have been good at it, right, Howard? I mean, look at the way they've been punching balls out, getting some interceptions. Punch punching, like I tell them, it's, it's all luck. If you you can punch a thousand times, you'll get three out, and you're like, you're good at it. It's like it's not like baseball. It doesn't happen every time. What happens is when you scheme guys up, like a Karakay dropping into the zone, supposed to catch that ball when it comes to him. Uh, Simmons, two times the ball. One, one, the ball hit him in the, in the hands, right in the chest. That would have been a pick six. The other time when when that, the long play happens, uh, the, the the one we keep talking about, the third and forever, like that's Simmons' pass to catch. He's supposed to, the ball is being thrown right over his head. He's not deep enough. If he he's they're baiting him to throw the ball, and and he's just not in position. The ball goes right over his head. If you're in your right position and you catch the ball, there may be two more plays that are you know yeah. interceptions or touchdowns. But the yeah. luck is that they they're not in the right spot, and one they don't catch it. Chris, I've climbed that mountain all season long. It's Christmas. I'm going to give Howard a pass today. I'll move well, on to other oh, topics. The what, the, turtle, Chris, the turnover I, issue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate, Chris, you fighting the good fight. I mean, like I said, there was no oh, hyperbole no, at the beginning not, of the I'm show. I'm not Lance. I appreciate I'm it. I'm not fighting, Howard. I just no, don't, no. I don't Chris, believe it's all luck. I mean, you have like a team like the Cowboys that are up there every year, in the plus, you know, in the plus sure. category. That's that's a little bit more than luck, too. But I, I, I totally get what Howard's saying, but I'm just not going to say – you know, a, a team like the Cowboys or whatever, you know, they're, they're a plus category every year because they just happen to be lucky. I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with my man Howard on that one, but I get totally what he's lucky. saying a lot of the time. The Cowboys are front runners. If the game is even, there's no turnovers except for just that <laughs> exceptions. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, this, how, this Howard's a stubborn one, huh, Lance? He don't, <laughs> don't want to give it. Well, the, Chris, there's a reason. Yes. <laughs> Chris, there's a, there's a reason that Lance gave you the award for coming back. I, I get <laughs> well, you know what, Russ? I had Howard on a podcast <laughs> once, too. Yeah, he's Howard's, Howard's a great guest, man. He's an interesting oh, guest. He is. He can, Chris, be, he can be tough. <laughs> Chris, you're, you're a very brave man for inviting him on your podcast. Let me leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that he was great. So Howard honest. was great, yes. man. Well, yeah, he's a great guest. We, we don't deny for entertainment purposes, Howard hits home runs. It's the other things, but we'll leave it at that. In all hey, hey, you know, Howard's, yeah. Lance Howard's kid's a Notre Dame guy. I'm a Notre Dame guy. I'll always love Howard just for that alone. <laughs> As he wears an Alabama hat during the course I of know, this program. I know, He's an equal opportunist when it yes. comes to the Giants hangout. But in I, all seriousness. Little Howard chose Notre Dame. I chose Ben. <laughs> The, the Giants do have three pick sixes this season, and they also mm -hmm. got a special teams takeaway, whether it was a fortuitous bounce or not. And they've needed those plays, guys, because of the offensive struggles. So that can't at least be overlooked. But I think what we were talking about, and the reason why I wanted to emphasize the third downs, is situational football. And when you play the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to be able to deliver. Now, Howard, you were saying that, and I think there's – a very v valid point to this. You go back, you're going to look at it from the Giants' perspective. You're going to play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game. If we wrapped up DeAndre Swift on a play, maybe we forced him to punt. If we stay in position when Jalen Hurts is running left to right and he doesn't get A.J. Brown for 32 yards, maybe we forced them to punt. I mean, Howard, it was a two-point game. And this goes back to what Chris said. They had them on the ropes. It's 20-18 to 18 when Jalen Hurts makes that pass to A.J. Brown. They wind up scoring a touchdown. Those things, you go back and you look, a game of inches, it's a cliched line, but I think it holds true in a game like this. It's more than just those plays. You know, you have uh, the tight end running down the middle on the seam, dropping the pass. If, if he catches the pass, he's like, oh, it would have been a first down. No, it would have been a touchdown. Waller would have lost into the end zone. Nobody yeah. deep down the field. How about Saquon? Yeah, Sa Saquon. You know, uh, the, the play where he gets stopped on the third down, he's getting stopped on the third down because the tight end, and, and again, another tight end, and they're they're double teaming on the edge and they're not going up to the linebacker. They go up to the linebacker and just block him. They're like, just get a piece of him. Saquon probably runs to the house. So there, you can see plays all over the field, and you can see, like, obviously where you're supposed to be going up to the second level just to get a piece of a guy or get in the way of a guy. They 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 just didn't do it. Uh, they ran into wide nine most of the night, and eventually, for whatever reason, they had a, a, a receiver in there one time to tackle or block, block the wide nine, and he just didn't even slow the guy down and made a tackle in the backfield. So those, those plays are over and over and over again, missed opportunities from the offense, and those are the reasons why you're not getting your first downs uh, and getting the third and whatever. I thought that, that the offense did a great job. When we always talk, what I say, I always want to see progress. Uh, they did a great job of moving the ball on the first down. They weren't behind the sticks a lot. Uh, the, the, the third downs, whether they were, you know, completed or not, were basically third down and manageables over and over again, third and fours, third and fives, third and six, not third and tens, third and elevens, like third and plus. So I thought that they had chances a lot of times. They just have to get everybody has to be on the same page. You can't guess or you can't not know what you're doing against a, a really good team because they're not going to keep giving you opportunities even though the eagles gave them a lot of opportunities last night well to your point howard they only faced one third and ten and mm -hmm. that to me is a big indicator they avoided those negative plays but i also want to piggyback russ on what howard brought up 
as we move towards the third down Giants offense because there were a lot of missed opportunities. And just for our audience to understand, and obviously all Giants fans watch the game, but there was a third and seven in the first quarter. Tommy DeVito over the middle to Darren Waddle, Darren Waller, slightly behind, but he bobbled it. Open space. Third and four in the third quarter. Underthrown pass to Barkley. Taylor was pressured. And then a third and one in the fourth quarter, underthrown pass to Waller with Taylor pressured again. And you go back, Russ, you look at all three of those plays. They make those catches. They execute. They give Taylor a little more protection. Who knows what happens at the end of those drives? But, yeah, but I, listen, you're alluding to one of our other topics, especially when the first couple from DeVito. I mean, you know, Brian Dable is seeing that. That's part of the reason that Brian Dable made the changes. I mean, I mean those were plays that were there for the Giants to make, but they weren't made, you know, but that, listen, that's been a theme for too long this season. That that's been a problem. That that's the reason why their record is five and 10, you know, it, it's just, it, what do you call it? Missed opportunities. And there's just far too many of those missed opportunities. You know, I, I think on the sideline a couple of times, I think what maybe got him in trouble. DeVito is like, you know, little Robinson is out there. He airmails the ball on him a couple of times when he's wide open. And they, they're like, those are the plays that keep you, keep drives alive. And when he does it, they like at halftime, they're like, okay, kid, you, you've done a good job. I need you to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try to get somebody else in. The problem is that for whatever reason, I, th I think Tyrod and, and even Daniel Jones, when they throw the ball to the side, when they're turning sideways to throw the ball to those, those arrow routes going away, I don't know if they can't get enough on them. I know that they're usually throwing the ball around the the, the arm of a, a defender that's coming at them, so they're trying to put some kind of different angle throwing the ball, and they just can't get it out there. And you definitely don't want to float it in the air, because if you float it in the air, it's a pick six going in the other direction. So it, it's it's just part of the game. You, you mentioned Wandell, uh, you know, ball being floated over him. There was also a play late in the game uh, when uh, Tyrod – through to Wandell. Wandell has to make that catch. That catch was in his Absolutely. red basket. He's got to make that catch. There's been too many of too many of those plays all season long. And that's why we the predicament yeah. they're in. And another thing is like they're they're seeming like they're not just playing against the Eagles in some cases, and I hate to do this, but they're also playing against the refs. The, the refs are making like some really it's a fact. Unbelievable. I like the the the, the play at the end of the half, like they run out of time. That's over with. Like the game should be over. They're, they're making a call that I know they have a big emphasis on the fact that get up off the guy, but the ball's loose on the ground. They're fighting for the ball. They're, yeah. you're, you're supposed to fight for the ball if the ball is loose because if he picks it up, all of a sudden you could be, you got to make a decision. Was the ball fumbled or was the ball not fumbled? Uh, the, the call on Schmitz when they they call uh, the head bob. Yeah, that's not a head bob. Like right. he's, he's done the same move the entire game. Uh, the quote-unquote non-pass interference on the sideline with, with, with Robinson, the, the tackling of, of, of Barkley in the end zone. I'm like, it's like, okay. And the officials like being defiant to the coach on the sideline, like that's not a penalty. And coach is like, what are you watching? And, like, it's just it's it's, frustrating. It's I have no out. idea. I don't know. I have no idea what to say. Out, it's frustrating. You could see it in Dable's face. In the post-game presser, he was fuming. And it wasn't, you know, he was fuming. And I, I'm sure that was one of the main issues he was fuming about. And he'll never go there. You know, Dave's is never going to go there. He gave mm -hmm. the answer last night. You know, I talked to them about it. But you could, I, look, we all know Dave's pretty good now. You could yeah. tell him something when he's pretty pissed about something. He was pretty pissed about that. Because why? How if the game's in MetLife, that's probably a flag on, on Roby on, on down the sideline in the last drive. 
Okay. Bobby Okurike, he wasn't trying to delay there. He thought the ball was loose. The ball was loose. Okay. He Chris, thought the ball. Chris, yeah. Chris, Bob, Bobby was doing exactly what you alluded to a little while ago. Bobby was doing what he tries to do, punch the ball out. That's what he tries to That's do. That's exactly, Russ. And the ball, it, it, you know. It was stupid. Yeah, you're 100 I mean, the ball was, you know, Jalen was down, but the ball was still kind of loose. Bobby is trained. That's what, you, that's what you're supposed to do. You're fighting for the ball. He wasn't trying to pin the ball down to the delay. That was another horrific call. And look, I'm not one to jump on refs too automatically, but let's face it. You know, there's been a lot of, even the spotting of the ball in the last drive, I thought they were a little slow. Mm-hmm. Like Saquon basically had to rip the ball, give it to the ref. That, that, that wasn't, that wasn't the ref's fault. That was, uh, you know, and again, not, not to beat on the tight end, but he, he takes a pretty good shot in the back and he's laying on the ground. Yeah, you wow. have to get up. You have no, you have no, you have no timeouts. You know, you, you have to know, I got to get up. Or roll the ball to to one of your buddies to to get it back to the ref, right. but he couldn't. He's like getting up slow. Saquon runs over, yanks the ball out of his hands, and runs the ball back to the ref. The ref that's standing over him could have easily picked the ball up and tossed it to the guy inside. He stood there and he wouldn't touch the ball, as if to say, "You have to get it back to the middle of the field," which I still think is a little weird because that guy takes the ball and throws it back to the. Right. To, all the time, but yeah. on that particular play, he literally stood there and wouldn't take the ball from him. And he tried to hand it to him. He, he reached reached out, like, here you go. He's like, yeah. he was basically waiting to see, are you injured? Because you're injured, the time runs off, the game's over. Yep, yep. Philly oh. stuff, right, Howard? Always <laughs> weird stuff in the link. It's amazing. Something's going on. <laughs> Something's always going on in the link, Howard. We could count on that once a year. It's amazing. <laughs> You know, Tyrod in, in the post game, uh, and I'm sure you saw this, um, Chris. In, in the post game, Tyrod alluded to even the last play. He said, "You know, he, he said I'm not going to get into it, but there were a lot of things I saw on that last play that could have been called." And yeah. you know, somebody brought up the point. Well, maybe you don't want to call it. And Tyrod b- brought up the point that look, a penalty is a penalty. It shouldn't be any different from the last play of the game, from the first play of the game. If it's there, it's there. And yeah. you listen. I was frustrated. Howard. And he was. Uh, Russ, Russ, time was frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, Russ, look, different. fellas, we see we see this every week in this league with Hail Marys. You could basically just do what you want to a guy in the end zone of Hail Marys, and they're just not going to throw a flag. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I see Saquon get blasted at the back of the end zone by Blankenship. You're just not going to get it. Uh-huh. The, the problem is that at the half they make they make a silly call to 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 allow them to get three points, and at the end of the game they don't make a call. Well, that's exactly right. That's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what it goes back to? It, it goes back to Russ. When you're talking about the last Super Bowl, if you remember, a lot of people were annoyed because of the pass interference call. But my argument is, you call that in the fourth quarter, just like you call that in the first quarter. It makes no mm-hmm. difference where you are in the game. Pass interference is pass interference. You mm-hmm. can't say, well, you know, we want to let them play now because we want to make good television. Mm-hmm. That's not how football operates. So I think that's a good example that, of what Tyrod was talking well, about well, it, with respect it, to the end zone. It's just inconsistency in the calls. You, you know, it, it's kind of like in baseball. If a guy's giving you the outside of the plate all the time, the pitcher, that's okay. Just be consistent with it. But there, in the NFL, and I'm not just talking about the Giants game yesterday. That's just around the league. The, around the league, they're inconsistent. What this is a penalty. This is not a penalty. It it it's this is a uh, pass interference. This is not a pass interference. 
Very, they need to fix that in the National Football League big time. Were there any pass interferences in the entire game yesterday? No. <laughs> we, that's the giant second that's, game. Well, <laughs> Howard, that, that's, what, that's what drives everybody crazy in yeah. this league, is that one crew will call it one way, another crew will call it another right. way. They'll change by halves. They'll call uh, every cruel call touch fouls beginning of the year. Then they ease up towards the end of the year. And then the playoffs, you could basically drop, jump on somebody. I mean, that, that's what drives everybody ballistic in this league. Out. Well, <laughs> in, in all in all fairness, to hell Marys, they're never going to call you know pass interference. But like, no, I said you, that. Yeah, but if you tackle game. a guy, you tackle a guy to the ground. That's usually so egregious you don't have a choice. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, listen, in fairness to what I'll also add, not to say that this justifies anything, but you look at the numbers, the Eagles were penalized nine times, the Giants just three. So there was a differential. The big difference is, and I think this goes back to what we're all talking about, is it's not so much the volume, it's when penalties are called. Yeah. The it, Giants, it came at critical times. And what we haven't brought up, remember, the Okereke delay of game is Jalen Hurts makes – a very questionable decision to not run out of play. If he runs out of play, we're not even talking about Okereke being in position to maybe make the officials think about delay of game. They have no timeouts. He chooses to stay in bounds. They want to hustle to spike it to try to get a field goal. They, 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 the delay of game stops the clock and gives them another at bat. Yeah, so that's they, why that was critical. And they had no Sorry. chance. Yeah, no, they had no chance to spike it. Four seconds, they had no shot. No. Yep, no shot. The John Michael Schmitz penalty very rare. It reminded me of a play that was actually called against the Steelers' long snapper. I don't know if you guys remember against the Patriots on Thursday Night Football a few weeks ago, but in fairness to the Giants, the next possession, Adoree does get the pick six. So at least the Giants made up for what was a questionable call that went against them. But you can't make up for the Bobby Okereke because it's right at the end of the first half. There's no time left there. And then, of course, what happens in the end zone at the end of the game, there's no time to make up for that because the game is over. So I just think those contexts, those items are important to bring into the discussion when at least mm -hmm. evaluating some of these penalties that we're talking about. Yeah, and Lance, just one quick thing. You know, you talk about the John Michael Schmitz penalty. The play before that was with Barkley was wide open in the flat. Wide open, and Tyrod didn't hit him. I mean, if you look, Howard, I'm sure you saw it when you were there. There was mm -hmm. nothing but green. It looked like there was nothing but green behind Saquon there. That would have been a huge chunk play. The, the, and the, the next one was the penalty. Yeah, the, the problem with these plays is that, and I think, you know, I get that the guy's open in the flat, and I understand what we're seeing on TV because you're looking at it on TV, but if they had a camera angle where you see the quarterback, his arm angle has to change so much to try to get the ball around the defender and try to get something on it. The, 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 it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. Some guys are really good at it. They have a lot of different arm angles they can throw the ball from, but you can't float it for whatever because if you float it and it doesn't come out of your hand properly – that's a pick six. You can't try to zip it through the guy's hands because we see guys bat the ball up and catch it and run it in for, for a pick six. So you have to just kind of like try to throw it under or over his arm just enough so he can catch the ball. And a lot of times these guys are trying to go under, and when they go under, it hits the ground. They bat it skips to him. So that's going to be one play over. The Waller play when he was rolling out and taking pressure, Waller has to like throttle down and catch the ball. Thank you. He's fading. He's fading away. Yeah. Uh, and he, he'll he tell you that he, he knows that when he looks back at it, he goes, if I just throttle down, I catch that ball and, you know, and I catch it and just fall. If I catch it and fall, yeah. it's the first thing. So, like, right. it, it just plays. Howard, yeah, Howard, it wasn't an easy catch, but that's a catch that could could have been made, Howard. 
No, but he, it's not even a catch that could be made. If he slows down, the ball hits him right in the that's chest. That's what I'm talking about, Howard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's part of the play that it could have been made. That's what I'm talking about. So, so missed I, opportunities. I like yeah. Russ said earlier, just a ton of missed opportunities. Yep. And that's why also I would add to why it's such a missed opportunity. You brought up, Howard, the fact that the down and distances were not terrible on third down, but the Eagles – they were the worst third down defense guys in the NFL coming into this game. They gave up 48% of the time conversions. Giants only went four of 14. Now they made up for some of them with some fourth down conversions. But I think one of the biggest storylines, at least from my perspective, as we previewed this game last week was people wanted to see whether or not this game would be competitive in comparison to other contests. And they had it within one score. But also, could you take advantage of a Philadelphia team that this year was very different from last season this was not an eagles juggernaut they have talent but they were not beating up teams like they were last season and the third down struggles is one area you wanted to capitalize on the run defense and saquon had a few productive runs maybe it didn't take as much of a toll on philadelphia as they had at hope and then playing the trenches because the eagles were not having the volume of sacks that they were the previous season now there was only one sack that philadelphia had but they still got some pressures on Tyrod Taylor that we were talking about that impacted some of those throws. So here's another example. Sacks don't necessarily, Chris, tell the whole story when no. analyzing a game, even though the volume wasn't necessarily high. Yeah, you're right, Lance. You know, like you said, the Eagles are way down with sacks, but they still get a pressure rate. Okay, they sure. still get guys up front that are, you know, you can't just look at sack numbers every week and say, oh, they had two sacks. They won't near the quarterback because you have to look at the pressure rate too. And they were, they were, they were creating pressure. And then it was some missed assignments up front where Hassan, you know, where Reddick was untouched at times, you know, unblocked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, look, they're not the same team. Like Lance, they're not the same team as last year right now. There's no question about it, you know. Um, but they could still get guys up. They still have guys up front that could, cr that could crash that pocket and create different things, you know, with the pressure. And you saw that yesterday, you know. So, but look, I, I thought, I thought guys like Tyree Phillips held up well, though. Lance, you know, I thought Andrew did Andrew things as usual. He's very good. I thought Tyree did pretty good up front. He held he held his position at right tackle. And um, but like we talked about, Lance, you know, their third down defense was is the worst in the league going into the game, right? And the Giants, I think, finished four fourteen. So they that's, they wanted well, they weren't as good as they they wanted to be there. Gad Russ, I'm sorry. No, no, that's that's exactly it. They had a chance against a team that was not good on third down defense. And what did you just say, four or 14? <clears throat> you got to take advantage of a situation, and they weren't doing that. So so let, let me shine some light on this. What I said last week was what? I'd like to see them get a little bit better. I think even though the numbers are skewed and everything, I thought the Giants got better this week playing against a, you know, a playoff caliber, probably going to be in it to the, it, to the bitter end team. It wasn't a blowout. They had a chance during the entire game. They were super competitive. I know that they didn't get everything done, but they got better. Uh, we're sitting here talking about that if they did this instead of this, they would have probably won. I like the idea that they're getting better. I hope that they continue to get better as the season goes, you know, through these last two games of the season. But to me, that's a good game for them. It's no, you know, there's no, what do you call it? The, the victories that there's no, oh, moral. we were so no. close moral victory moments. But no. at, even with that being said, they got better. They got better uh, defensively, even though like they lost Jack, they, they lost Dante Banks. I mean, he once Banks goes out, I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen now? 
Lot comes in, plays a pretty good game, stays in stays in connection with his with his defense with his receiver the entire game. The 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 down linemen were playing pretty decent ball except for that last drive that they kind of it kind of got away from them. I I thought they all played better. I thought they played a little bit better. I know I know we we would like them to make a few more plays, but you know for, as for a competitive standpoint, they played the Eagles three times last year and they got blown out three times last year. This this looked like a different different opportunity. And even the last game of the season, the Eagles were going to be at their very best because if the calls don't go the same way, they could lose the last game of the year to the Giants. And it would be great for the Giants. They haven't beat them in a long time. Well, and they also, they've played 10 of 15 games this season, the Eagles, that have been decided by one score. So, I mean, those facts alone could serve Mm -hmm. as a reminder for Philadelphia that nothing is necessarily going to come easy for them. You brought up the moral victory aspect. Interestingly, Xavier McKinney, was asked multiple times in the locker room about that. He was not having it. He was not giving in to any of that. He said, we lost, we didn't execute. So I think the guys in the locker room, you you could tell them, hey, you had an opportunity, Russ, to perhaps (laughs) knock on the door of the end zone at the end of the game. But, you know, they're not necessarily clearing out the mantle to get a participation trophy just because it was a competitive game against the Eagles. No, I I would agree with that. But I I think... um... What Howard's talking about from our perspective, we see some improvement, you know, in certain positions, fine. But from a player's standpoint, no, you don't want the players being happy. You you don't, I mean, that's what I want to hear from the players. You know, screw this moral victory business. We came in to play a game, we came in to win a game, and we lost again. So, you know, I want them pissed off and angry about that. That's the way they're supposed to feel. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Take take out that kickoff of the first of the game and, and let them have like a regular drive and a punt. Uh, they may not score in the first drive because they only had to go like I think 30 yards or 20 yards. Yep. You take out the, the drop by Waller. You you take out the drop by Simmons. All of a sudden, the Eagles will be playing a different game. And, and I'm I'm not saying the Giants would have won, but you take out three those three plays and a couple of penalties. Yeah, you, right. you, you can name five plays that, that really, really look like the Giants had more than an opportunity to win. And I've been I've watched the entire year. There's been numerous games and I mean, numerous games where it would it wouldn't five plays. You have to take out a whole half. <laughs> so I, I think they yep. did a lot better. And I know they don't they shouldn't be happy about moral victories. But for me, as a as a fan and, and a person who calls these games, I like improvement. I'm disappointed in the loss by, for, for real. Yeah. But. I'm, you know, hey, look, I can see where they're improving, you know, and they're trying and making strides. Yeah, it's oh. something we haven't touched on, right? Lance, <laughs> two short fields lead the yep. Eagle. Like the, the first drive starts on the giant 13. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie's fighting through the injury. You know, Jamie's trying to give it, you know, he's he's he obviously he was injured. He's fighting through it. Uh, the first drive, a low punt, you know, serving uh, turns it to the 13. That's one easy touchdown, you know, and then the second – Another shortened field, right? Leads to some more points for the Eagles. So uh, that was obviously huge in the game, too. Yeah, Britton Covey, their return man, had the big 50-plus yard return on the first yeah. one. So they're starting already in Giants territory. And then the second one you were talking about, the short one off the bounce, Covey comes in out of nowhere, only got about an 11, 12-yard return, but they're starting at the Philadelphia they started in midfield. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's right yeah. around the 50-yard line. And that's the yep. worst thing you could do to a team that has not been scoring and executing at the same rate <laughs> right. as last season, you give them a gift. I know it's the season of giving, but this mm-hmm. is not the time of the year <laughs> to be doing that. And your point yeah. is well taken, Chris. Special teams is another facet that came back to bite the Giants. Now, I want to hit on one other element. 
that I was teasing off the top because as we look ahead to the Rams game, Brian Dable did make a quarterback change yeah. for the second half. And he said that he wanted to provide a spark for the team. And Tyrod Taylor had a beautiful pass to Darius Slayton for 70 yards. And we know he's the veteran. So I guess the question is two games left. What are now the Giants going to decide to do? Are you going to give Tommy DeVito another opportunity or are you at the point where Tyrod showed you enough, gave you enough of a spark, you're going to let him ride out the remainder of the season? And I just want to preface this. We've had conversations around the bye week about what the Giants should do. And I think we were all in agreement. Tommy played well. You want to evaluate and win simultaneously because you want to see whether or not he has a role on the roster. Does now the conversation change based on the decision to go with somebody who could provide a spark. And Chris, I'll start with you in terms of what you think from your perspective. Yeah, I I, I think he's going to stick with Tyrod um, because he did. He did provide that spark, right? I mean, he did some good things in the second half, Tyrod. Um, he gave, I guess, you know, Dable was looking for a little bit of a punch, right? Like, let's get this thing going a little bit. Tommy wasn't providing that in the first half. Tyrod did in the second half make some plays. Um, I think he's going to stick with Tyrod. I don't think he's going to go back with Tommy. I, I agree with Chris. I, I agree with Chris 100%. You know, Chris and I are there all the time. And, and you know, we look at each other and we laugh <laughs> because you know what's coming this week, Chris. We, you, as sure as you and I are sitting here talking, they're going to start talking, which we laugh all the time. They're going to start talking about a quarterback. Now we got another quarterback controversy. And I go, oh, my God, a quarterback controversy. We're talking about the backup to the backup. You got a quarterback controversy. It's simple. Right after the game, he was asked, Stables asked, who's your quarterback next week? They said, can I think about it a little bit? I'm not there yet. I want to get, get done with this game. I agree. He's, uh, he was looking for a spark. He got the spark. So now you're going to go with him. Listen, Tommy had a very good run for three games. He was not good against the Saints, and he was not good in, in the first half. That doesn't mean he's a bum. That doesn't mean you're discarding him. But right now, you're going to go with the guy that supplied the spark. Right now, that guy's Tyrod Taylor. Both, both of you guys are, are right uh, and maybe wrong at the same time. I think what, what he's going to do, he's going to look at the best opportunity to win. Even though it's late in the season, he doesn't really care about you know, uh, yeah. obviously, feelings of the quarterbacks. You know, he, he wants to find a way to win. Yeah. And if if he believes that Tyrod's going to give him that, he's going to go out and give it to Tyrod. And if, if he feels like, you know, hey, like the, the Rams aren't going to be as, as tough up front and we'll be able to 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 maybe have like a pitch and catch kind of moment, it, it might put DeVito back in like to let the guys know, okay, I haven't given up on, on you know, not not Tommy, but given up on winning. So the ob the object of Dable is going to be, I want to win, you know, one of or both of these games. I want to continue to advance. The problem is, and Lance will attest to this, he's a stats guy, they still don't score a lot of points. So regardless of whoever the quarterback is, all the other stuff around the quarterback has to be better. The offensive oh, line, I mean, we saw that with Daniel Howard. Yeah, the offensive line is going to have to be better. Where you're going to try to ride Saquon to give Saquon some more opportunities. Whoever's whoever the quarterback has to be mobile. So like if it's if it's Tommy, hey Tommy, you're going to have to run down the field because if they're looking at Saquon the whole time, there are going to be some opportunities for you to run. If it's if it's Tyrod, hey Tyrod, you got to you, let's go get on your get on your horse and get down. Like I think Tommy kind of led led some of this 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 late slide stuff, and they they're taking shots at him. Then Tyrod goes out and they take a shot at Tyrod. 
I, I don't understand why they're not throwing these guys out of the games, but they got to start trying to protect the quarterbacks a little bit more. They're they're not doing it, but that's what that's what's going to happen here in, in the end of this at the end of the season. Coach is going to go for, hey, I want to win, and I think both guys yeah. will have to be available and have to be ready because we're going to try to win no matter what. And if, and if I think one of you can give me the best shot at it, let's go. How is quarterback competition or anything like that? They're just trying to win games. This is a desperate moment for the team. Yeah, how I don't know. Tell me what you how you feel about this. I think if if Dave's went back to DeVito Sunday against the Rams, do you believe guys at a locker room would be like, what are we doing here? Are we looking to win or what? Tyrod should be the guy. I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that because if Tyrod should have been the if Tyrod was the guy, Tyrod should have been the guy for the last three weeks. But he right? yanked him at halftime, Howard. This is the difference. He yanked him at he, halftime. He yanked him at halftime. And he put Tyrod in because he said he wanted that spark. Howard gave him a little bit of spark, but how would you feel, Howard? How you as a player, say you were still playing, how would you feel if he goes back to DeVito Sunday? Well, DeVito missed two <laughs> two big plays. He he airmailed a couple balls. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Airmailed yeah. And, and those and that's kind of why he came out and Tyrod came in. It was more because of, of the action on the field than a, an emotional. I know he keeps saying, everybody keeps saying, Oh, he was trying to get, look for a boost or a spark or whatever it was. He's just like, okay, look, this kid is like airmailing the ball. I can't yep. get him calm down. Come in here. Let's go. Let's, we're, we still have opportunities to open guys. Let's get it done. And that's that's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody that's going to get it done. The team doesn't, at this point, the offense and defense don't really care who, who's going to be the quarterback. They just want a chance to win. And if they think that Tyrod gives them a better chance, they're going to stand behind Tyrod and give them everything he's got. If they think Tommy's going to get another shot, they're going to stand with Tommy and try to give Tommy a best shot. At this point in the season, it's not a big emotional, which guy can, is? are we back? And it's like, hey, let's get in and let's try to get our plan together so we can give ourselves a chance to win. Like I said, keep trying to improve. Chris, to answer your question, if Howard was still playing, he'd bring me into the locker room. I'd be right next to him. I'd give him the stats of what the team averages with every quarterback <laughs> in the center. And then Howard would say, okay, you average 20 points, you average 18, you average 19, we're going with you. That would be the easy solution. Simple as that. And Lance, he's a and Lance. guy. He's all about the numbers, Howard, you know. Yeah. Boy, and Lance, was that a political answer by Howard or what? I said to him, I said, Howard, if you were in a locker room still playing, who would you? Uh, well, you know, if we go through the emotion, <laughs> boy, Howard, I'm, man. I'm, he... I'm, listen, I'm telling you guys the truth. I've been in situations where they pull the quarterback and they put another guy in and all this stuff, and I'm like, as long as we try to win, I don't really care who's who's quarterback. And I, I went through, and like I'm not being disparaging to these guys, I, I went through the Kent Graham, Dave Brown era when they were both trying to yeah, figure out who, yep. who we were going to be in. Both guys are, were my buddies and loved them both to death. And, and you know, one guy would be – they're not campaigning, so to speak, but they're campaigning. Like, you know, you know, well, I don't know if I did what, – what did I not do? To, to where am I at now? But that's back when you could bellyache about things and people were sitting around and listening to you. But the reality of it is, is, like, we want to win. One of you has to show up. Now, it, in, in the cases of guys dropping passes and stuff – I don't know what spark you're going to get from the quarterback if they're not completing, you know, completing passes. In the case of of guys not blocking up front, <laughs> like, like just, I think you have two healthy guys in, this, in these last two games. You know, right off the bat, if I think they're probably going to try to go with Tyrod as the veteran because I don't think you want to put him in front of have Aaron Donald stand in front of him, uh, Devito, and him have to look at Aaron Donald all day because he will be getting in the backfield a lot, uh, and that could be a problem.
you know, how it just to use the term that you just said, yeah, uh, about guys having to show up in the second half, Tyrod showed up. So that's why I believe he's going to go with Tyrod in the next game. That's not inside information. That's a gut feeling. And, yeah. and, I, and Russ, I like Howard said, that. too, you look at the first half, a couple of air mails, like he said, yeah. right? And I and I think there was another play where Tommy was rolling to his right, and Darius kind of improv with him, and he looked like he was open, and Tommy didn't see him, too. So it's not – I totally get what I was saying about it. It's not just the spark. He was also missing guys, too. And he oh, said, get him out of here. Get me, get me Tyrod in this damn game because Tommy's missing some guys out there. Well, so Spark was lacking in the first half. That's why he – Yeah, he wasn't moving the team, right? He wasn't moving the team. Right. Well, and it's the, the overall decision-making process, too, by a more veteran quarterback. And I'll just – I'll leave it at this to put a bow on the conversation. This is exactly why you brought in a guy like Tyrod Taylor to be on the roster because you mm-hmm. can bring him in in the middle of a game. You know he's prepared, and you know it's not going to be a question. He also can start a game. He's versatile. He's been through this a thousand times. Brian Dables yep. called him a true pro, and I don't he think is. that's hyperbole and PR. That's just the truth. That's how yeah. he's conducted himself throughout the entire career. All Lance, right. 100%. Yeah. He's, a, he's a true pro. One, I mean, I've talked to Tyrod as lock of numerous times, and that dude is always ready to go. And he's been right. He's been through everything in this league. It's amazing, man. Sure. Yeah. Well, especially all the injuries and he's lost his starting job and it happened, unfortunately, again this year. But here he may have another opportunity to finish the season as that is going to wrap up the latest edition of the Giants hangout. Chris, thank you once again for surviving this thank discussion. You. We may press your luck <laughs> and bring you back a third time. You never know as a result. Chris Bizzignano. I'll work, Lance, I'll work on Howard. I'll podcast. work on Howard. Hey, you know, I've done a lot of heavy lifting. My shoulders need some relaxation, Chris. So if you want to take some of that on, <laughs> I'm all for that. Lance Meadow, Russell, you're delusional. Yes. <laughs> I got Howard to laugh. Hey, mission accomplished. If that's not an indication we should wrap up, then I don't know what is. We'll leave it on that note. It's the Giants Hangout. It's presented by Crestron, a proud partner of the New York Giants. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, as well as the mobile app and your favorite podcast platform.